Hi, I'm Mr. Boyd, and welcome to This Week in History. What time is it? Showtime! All right, we'd like to welcome you to our inaugural episode of This Week in History. My name is Brian Boyd, and I'm a history teacher from Michigan. I live in Michigan with my wife, Carrie, and my four children, Brennan, Grace, Camden, and Easton. For today's topic, we're going to focus on something that's probably very near and dear to your hearts this week. Yes, we're going to talk about the first Thanksgiving and the national myth that actually surrounds Thanksgiving. Let's get to it. All right, so right off the bat, the first thing you got to realize when we talk about Thanksgiving is there's a lot of things surrounding this national myth that are just not true. What is a national myth? Well, a national myth is something that is created to try and make people in the country feel better about the country. And the national myth around Thanksgiving is this wonderful story of the pilgrims and overcoming challenges and things like that and how they succeeded in the end. And some of the story that you probably learned as a kid just isn't the way it actually went down. So the goal for today, we're going to go through what actually did happen and try and dispel some of the myth part of this national myth. There's actually only one first-person account of what took place at the first Thanksgiving, and it's from a guy by the name of Edward Winslow. It was written in 1621. Edward Winslow was a, a separatist, what you might know as a Puritan or who we lovingly in history call pilgrims. He's one of the men who came over. There were 102 people in total on the Mayflower back in 1620. Now, the people who came over were separatists, meaning they wanted to separate from the Church of England. And they left Plymouth, England in September of 1620. And 66 days later, they arrived at the tip of Cape Cod. Now, this was not their final destination. They waited about a month and then they headed across Massachusetts Bay and set up shop in Plymouth, Massachusetts. The spot that they chose was chosen specifically because it had already been cleared for farming. Little did they know that the Pawtuxet Indians had previously lived and had their civilization right there, but European diseases unfortunately had wiped out the Pawtuxet Indians. That first winter was particularly brutal for the pilgrims, and roughly half of the people who came over on the Mayflower were dead by spring. In March, as the pilgrims began to look for how they were going to survive long-term at Plymouth, they were uh, greeted by a guest they didn't expect, a gentleman by the name of Samoset, who had been sent by the nearby Wampanoag Indians in order to negotiate with the pilgrims. Um, Samoset spoke perfect English after years of experience dealing with traders from Europe. The two sides set up a meeting, and a few days later, John Carver, leader of the Pilgrims, met with Massasoit, the great leader of the Wampanoag tribe. The two sides worked together to form an alliance and set up a treaty, agreeing to help one another, and one side was attacked or anything of that nature. Massasoit also left with the Pilgrims to Squantum, a gentleman that the English called instead Squanto. Squanto, you've probably heard of. He is the guy who helped teach the Pilgrims how to plant crops, how to fish, how to fertilize their crops in different methods. Uh, Squanto knew so much because he had been a Pawtuxet Indian and had spent time on that land, actually using that land, long before the rest of his tribe was destroyed. 
Much thanks to Squanto, the Separatists had a wonderful harvest that year, and in the fall they decided to have a great harvest festival. Now, we know this as a Thanksgiving, but the term Thanksgiving to the Puritans would have meant something very, very different. Uh, a Thanksgiving would have been a time for fasting. This was clearly not going to be a time of fasting, because if you know anything about Thanksgiving, you realize one of the biggest things we do is eat and eat and eat and eat. The same was true back then during a harvest festival where they would eat to celebrate all of the crops they had grown so successfully. Now the harvest festival was originally just supposed to be the Puritans, the separatists, the pilgrims, but in celebration of their harvest festival, they were firing their muskets, firing their guns up into the air. The nearby Wampanoag, who had this alliance with the pilgrims, decided to go check out why these guns were being fired. Were they attacking or maybe they were being attacked? Whatever it was, they needed to go see what happened. And when they got there, they were surprised to find out it was just them celebrating this harvest festival. At that point, the pilgrims invited the Wampanoag to join with them. Unfortunately, though, there wasn't really enough food to feed everybody. No problem for the Wampanoag, though, who were fantastic hunters. They decide to then go hunt and kill five deer and bring back the five deer to add to the feast for everyone. What ensued is what we know of as the first Thanksgiving, a three-day harvest festival and three-day celebration. Now, this alliance between the Pilgrims and the Wampanoag is one of the best examples of a peaceful and positive alliance between a Native American tribe and European settlers who came over, and this alliance would last for roughly 50 years. As I said before, what we know about this feast is somewhat limited. We have the letter from 1621, and then we also have Governor William Bradford, who wrote in a history of their civilization 20 years after the first Thanksgiving some information about the feast. But again, this comes 20 years after what actually happened. So who knows what really went down 100%? We certainly do not. And as I said before, much of what we think or believe about the first Thanksgiving is somewhat associated to what we call national myth. We have created what happened at the first Thanksgiving in order to teach people a lesson about hard work and the success that comes after it and working together with other groups. But again, it didn't exactly go down like that. What we know today as modern Thanksgiving comes more from Abraham Lincoln in 1863. Um, Abraham Lincoln was somewhat unpopular during the Civil War as a president and in a political move, decided to name the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving for all that we had as a nation. Somewhat of a move to try and unite the different groups, some that were happy with the war, some that were not. In trying to unify our country, Abraham Lincoln created what we today would consider American Thanksgiving, a day that involves turkey, football, and a lot of time spent with family. All right, so every week our plan is to bring you a very special guest. This week we have with us a star student at Workman Elementary School. He's in the fourth grade. He has a great passion for history, and he happens to live in the house too. Mr. Brennan Boyd. Hey, Brennan, how are you doing today? Good. Awesome. I hear you have some questions relating to the first Thanksgiving. Yeah, um, what did they eat at the first Thanksgiving? That's a great question. So you think about our traditional Thanksgiving dinners today. We have things like turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes, lots of gravy, pumpkin pie. 
Well, at the original Thanksgiving, we talked earlier in the podcast about deer being one of the main courses. They also went hunting for fowl. Things like uh, geese and duck were very common. Um, It is possible they ate turkey, but there is no written record that any turkey was eaten at the first Thanksgiving. Now, being that region of the country, um, lobster, seal, mussels, other types of seafood were also very common dishes that people would eat. It's likely they were at the first Thanksgiving. Vegetables and fruits, lots of corn would have been present. Um, The big ones, no potatoes, And no pumpkin pie, one of your favorite things. No pumpkin pie? That sounds awful! (laughs) I'm sorry, man. You got another question for me? Yeah. Um, I heard the author of Mary Had a Little Lamb had something to do with Thanksgiving. Can you tell me more about that? Uh, Yeah, that's actually true. Her name was Sarah Hale. Sarah Hale wrote Mary Had a Little Lamb and was a famous author. She was also a famous feminist. Uh, In the early to mid-1800s, she spoke out for women's education and a number of different female-related causes. Uh, During the Civil War... It was very clear that, you know, Lincoln needed to do some things to bring the country together. And uh, Sarah Hale had been advocating that a National Day of Thanksgiving would be a good way to do this. On September 28th, Hale wrote a letter to Lincoln. And a week later, the Secretary of State, William Seward, had drafted the order for a National Day of Thanksgiving. Was that done because of Hale's letter or were they already planning on doing that? We don't know for sure, but we do know that Hale had advocated for this big time, so she does get some credit for the fact that we developed Thanksgiving as a holiday. Wow. Okay. Last last question. How did sports get linked to Thanksgiving? Oh, great question. You know, Dad loves sports, and I love to watch my Lions usually lose. Ugh on Thanksgiving. So sports, specifically football, being linked to Thanksgiving dates all the way back to 1876 when Yale and Princeton would play in a college football game against each other. Uh, Other colleges jumped on this bandwagon as well. Actually, the University of Michigan and the University of Chicago for a long time played. Uh, High school games were also often played. Sometimes high school teams would use their this day for their championship game. The NFL jumped on the bandwagon in 1920. Um, The Lions, when they came to Detroit in 1934, they decide they're going to have a Thanksgiving Day game. And the number one reason is they're trying to sell tickets. They were struggling at that point to sell tickets. It works because in 1934, they sold 26,000 tickets. They were sold out two weeks before the game. And the 10-1 Lions took on the undefeated Chicago Bears. Unfortunately, the Lions lost to the Bears 19-16, creating possibly a a losing culture for the Lions on Thanksgiving. But that did start the tradition that we still have today of Lions football on Thanksgiving Day. There were no Lion games from 1939 to 1945 because of World War II. But other than that, we've always had since 1934 Lions football on Thanksgiving Day. Okay, thanks a lot. Hey, thank you so much for being here, Brennan. We would love to have you as a guest again. All right, folks. Well, that's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed our inaugural podcast of This Week in History. From all of us at This Week in History, we'd like to say we hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy some time with your family and see ya.